Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast. We're recording this on Sunday, January 22nd, 2023. I know that this is probably not on the top of everyone's minds today with the, the Cowboys playoff game coming up here in the next few hours, but uh, we got a special guest joining us today. It's Yossi Gozlan of HoopsHype.com. He's here to talk to us about the trade deadline and what the Mavericks can do to potentially upgrade uh, before February 9th. So uh, welcome again, Yossi. Great to have you on again. How's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, good to be on. Third time. How about you? Yeah, it's, it's it's going good. It's been kind of an up and down season for the Mavericks. But uh, I think over the last week, it's become clear that Luca wants some more, um, I think, upgrades on the roster. So I feel like that might actually be the impetus that the Mavs need to actually, you know, do something this time around. But, but Mark Cuban said that he, that he, that's not true. <laughs> I feel like Mark Cuban's first instinct when it comes to any sort of like negative headline about his uh, front office is to deny, deny, deny. Uh, yeah. So I feel, not, like that's the, that's, I feel like the denial gives it away. Yeah, I, it's almost as if when he denies something, you know that it's true. So yeah. uh, I have no doubt that uh, Tim McMahon's reporting is accurate. Um and it's 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 hard not to um, want better um, if you're Luca because I think he's having the best season of his career. But you know it's January, uh, the end of January, and the Mavs are only like three games over 500. So definitely um, a little disappointing when you have a player that good on your team. Yeah, and I can only imagine that he's he's definitely has to have been asking for help, and it it's crazy because he he was drafted five years ago. And that's it. He's not really, he's off his rookie deal. You kind of have to, you got to take his input a little more heavily as the years go on now. I, when's his player option? Like 25 or 26? Um, uh, I think it's one of those years. So yeah. it can, it can, it'll, it'll creep up quick. So they got a, they got some work ahead of them. Yeah, definitely. And and it does seem like Luca is now starting to give his own input more than he did in the past. I mean, I know that uh in previous seasons Luca wasn't terribly involved with the, you know, roster construction and front office dealings and things like that, but it definitely seems like now he's trying to take a more active role, which I think is good. Um he's understanding his influence uh in the organization. And yeah, like you said, it is kind of a shame that the Mavericks weren't able to build a better roster around him when he was on his rookie contract of course the Christophs Porzingis trade not working was a big reason why uh that didn't happen but you know now they're kind of coming towards the end of that chapter with the the pick that they owe in that trade finally hopefully conveying this offseason and then they'll have a little bit more flexibility uh going forward but what sorts of moves could the Mavericks make uh here at the trade deadline to at least help them uh this season because I mean without the ability to trade picks, it does seem kind of difficult to envision them making any significant upgrade, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. So they can, they could trade first. And our last time I was on, I was telling you how they could still technically trade the 2025 first. Uh, there's a way you can, it's a, there's a rule you can trade a pick two years after one your RDO conveys. And, you know, unless Luca gets injured, then that pick's probably going to convey to the Knicks this year. So I think most teams would have, would be okay to, you know, taking on, uh, agreeing to take this pick condition, you know, on the condition that it might not come in 2025, but it would, I, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Um, but the question for the maps is like, is, is there any trade that makes sense for them to actually move any first round picks right now? And if you're the maps, you need like, you have a, they have a very deep team. 
uh, in my opinion. Yeah, everyone's not quite playing at the level they did last season for the most part, but it's still a deep team. And I think this, they could, for the most part, these guys have room to get better. You just need a second guy, I think. Like, uh, and right now, it doesn't seem like anyone is really available. Not a lot of sellers. I don't know what kind of, if there is going to be a, an all star that just maybe last second asks out and becomes available. So that's where the, where it's kind of a delicate dance right now where the Mavs, yeah, of course they want to get Luca help and they want to, but they want to make the right move. You can trade a first now um, for some, for like a, a, I don't know, Boyan Bogdanovich, for example, but is that really going to uh, raise their ceiling to where it needs to be? Uh, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, so I think it, you know, they're, if they don't make any big move, they don't trade any first, I think it's probably for a good reason. Just they'll be waiting for that next all-star to become available, which maybe this off season, maybe, uh, it could be like Zach Levine, Bradley Beal. Um, let's see, maybe the Raptors decide to do something. I kind of like the idea of Siakam on the Mavs. Um, but Otherwise, they're probably looking at trading seconds and maybe uh, one of their younger guys like Green or Hardy. I mean, I I don't think they'll be trying to move them, but just not a lot of tradable assets. Uh, so my feeling is with they'll do something, but it's not it's going to be something like definitely not obvious if it's an upgrade, maybe just like. Uh, someone who fits a little better. I feel like that's kind of in the what's in play right now. I tend to agree with you um, on that. Like as much as I'd like to see the Mavericks try and upgrade the, at the trade deadline, I just don't see how you can justify trading first round picks for a player uh, like Bogdanovich, who is good, but at the same time, I'm not sure how much he raises your ceiling this year. Um, and you got to be careful with that because there probably will be a time in the next uh you know, year or so when there is a available star player like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine, as you mentioned, um, and having those picks uh, in your pocket at that time will come in handy. So I think it is a tough thing to balance for the Mavs. Um, I tend to agree with you that I do think they will do something. It'll likely be a smaller upgrade. Um, I know that they've been linked to Cam Reddish. I'm not sure if he <laughs> counts as an upgrade, uh, especially with like, you know, guys like Reggie Bullock and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. finally playing a little bit better than they were at the beginning of the season. Um, you also kind of have to ask yourself whether there's any deal in which you trade those guys um, that you still that you don't take a step back this season, because I think if you do, you know, ship off one of those guys, then you're probably going to take some sort of a step back this year. Um, and it's more of a trade gear towards the future. But again, I don't know if the Mavs have such an appetite for that this year. I do like the idea of the Mavs trading for Cam Reddish just because that was technically their draft pick in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> you got him, so you could spin it that way. Okay, we got the pick back. <laughs> but I think the Knicks want Reggie Bullock back, which I yeah. I, I wouldn't. I would, you know, I know Bullock's not having a good year, but I'd still want to keep him. They, they need all the, they need to keep all their wings, I feel. Yeah. I mean, he's been shooting a lot better, I think, since uh, the middle or end of December. I mean, I think he's around 40%. So, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. Every single year, like, um, first like couple months yeah. of the season, he's just shooting bricks, and all of a sudden, I think he was like sub thirty percent to start the year, or something like that. Haven't yeah, he he was he was pretty bad, and even last year was kind of the same story too. Um, but it's good to see him shooting better because I mean, 
when he is hitting like a, a high percentage of his threes, like, you know, you really see how valuable he is to the Mavs. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I think another big uh, name uh, on the Mavericks that kind of we have we've forgotten about the last few weeks, but it's Christian Wood um, and his situation with uh, the fact that he's extension eligible um, for four years and $77 million. That's his maximum. Uh, the Mavericks, I think, are open to an extension but at the two-year maximum rate so i think that would be like a two-year 36 million dollar contract or so um i don't know uh, we haven't gotten too many updates as to like how those negotiations are going but i do think that if he's or if they're unable to come to an extension then he's probably a prime candidate to be moved at the deadline for the mavs uh so you know christian was a guy i think generally speaking uh the mavs shouldn't make him untouchable like if a good offer comes along you should listen but at the same time even if there's no extension like i think with free agency these past few years and probably until at least 2025 2025 might be the next big free agency year like 2019 i think a lot of players are angling for that up until then uh, my my rule of thumb is most free agents I look at, I, I think they're most likely going to resign with their teams. Dylan Brooks, he probably they probably won't extend them. I still see him coming back to Memphis. And what about Jalen Brunson, though? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the Jalen Brunson thing that that could have been avoided uh, yeah, yeah. twice. But uh, I don't think. But but it's a different. I think it's different though with Christian Wood. Um, so even if there's no extension. Uh, I wouldn't be, I don't think that necessarily means, I, I get that there's some anxiety now with J- yeah. what happened with Jalen Brunson, but also Jalen Brunson was unbelievable. And uh, like, if, if Christian Wood does something like that in the playoffs, uh, okay, then that's probably, then, then maybe he does become more of a flight risk. Um, but, uh you know, I just if there's no extension right now, I just I wouldn't be worried about. I could still see them working something out. Maybe uh, they resign him for. Uh, it, it seems like the Mavs mostly want to keep him on a like a shorter term deal. So sure. something that could make sense is resign him, pay him more uh, yearly than what the extension allows, but then it's still like a two year deal. Uh, that's something I could see uh, happening. So. Um, yeah, definitely a guy, uh, you know, not untouchable by any means, but I don't, I wouldn't, uh, think an extension, a lack of extension means that, uh, he's on the move. Yeah, that, that's fair. And and I think like with him being an expiring contract, I'm not really sure like how much value that you could actually get for him, um, as well. Like I, you know, I think a team would have to trade for him and actually want him, uh, in their long-term plans. Uh, in order for them to give anything of of value up for him. So um, I think that's kind of how I feel about it too. Um, and yeah, like you said, even if they don't come to an extension now, I don't think that trading him is is necessary. They just got to be sure to play their cards right in the offseason and avoid a second straight year of losing a, a talented player for nothing. Um, I think he and Luca have developed a lot of good chemistry this year, like both on the court and off the court, which I think matters. Um, and and hopefully they can keep him, uh, you know, for at least the next couple of years, because I do think they want some flexibility for that 2025 offseason, uh, which is why they're not willing to go the full four years on the extension. Um, you know, in your trade guide, you mentioned the Mavericks luxury tax situation, which uh, I think they have a 33.6 million penalty with this current roster. Um if they did want to lower that tax bill, what sort of moves uh, could you see them making? So 
obviously they'll first be looking to add some upgrades. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I could see them looking to trade uh, someone on expiring contract and just trying to unload them as much as possible and uh, you know, try not to take any salary back if possible. And that could save them a lot of money. So the one I, I detailed is what if they salary dump Dwight Powell, which I now I would say is pretty unlikely because he, you know, the JaVale McGee experiment ended pretty quickly and he's pretty, you know, Jason could really like some, I think he's, he seems he's pretty important to what the Mavs do. Yeah. So I would, so, but that's one that that's, it's pretty movable. Like it shouldn't, you can definitely get like maybe a caps, one of the caps based teams like the Pacers or Spurs to take him on. And that would save, I, I think I were like 25 million. Uh, so it just makes sense because, um, you know, the Mavs, they're in the tax this year. They haven't been in a while, but just with the way the the team, this isn't quite a team I would say worthy of playing, paying the tax. So if they were to try to uh, reduce their penalty or even get under it completely, uh, I would understand. I would say most likely though, they're going to end up paying the same amount. Uh, it's probably going to cost a little too many assets for them to, uh, to, to really make significant savings. In my opinion, it's, and I don't think that's quite worth it. I definitely need to uh, keep their assets uh, for that potential big trade that could come later on. So, um, you know, but that's that would be the route. You just trade a guy like Powell or Wood, even expiring contract, easy to move. Try not to take any money back. Um, but I would also, I still think ultimately that's more disadvantageous right now. Because if they were to let some of their guys expire, uh, then you start to lose more salary slots for that big trade. So uh, there's that uh, proposed Tim Hardaway for Karis LeVert trade, which the main motivation for the map seems to be they get off Tim Hardaway's money, LeVert's expiring, and then they get a lot more flexibility into this year. Next year, I mean. But uh, Powell's also expiring. And Wood, you know, he'll be expiring. Uh, I don't think Dorian Finney-Smith isn't like untradeable, but he seems like, you know, he's, uh, he seems I, that's not really a guy that I don't think the Mavs would really want to move by anything yeah, at all possible. So yeah. So then that leaves Bertans and Bullock and I guess Cleaver and McGee as uh, the, and Dinwiddie as the movable salaries for uh, next year. And I, you know, they're not going to have any cap space anytime soon. So I do even though it's pretty costly right now, I do think it's important that they keep, they have like this many big salaries just to be ready for that big trade. Mm. Cause if they're going to trade a lot of players for that guy, then it's good to have, to still have more guys for depth and for potentially maybe another move down the line. So that's, the, that's where um, I would say it's unlikely they look to save money now by trying to get more expiring contracts. If they I, just, I think the, they need to just stay the course where they are with, with the amount of money they're spending right now. That's a good perspective um, because I, I also don't think that they'll be looking to lower their tax bill just by dumping players. Um, you know, you mentioned two guys um, that I think have been of particular interest to me, which is JaVale McGee and Tim Hardaway. And I just from the perspective that I feel like the Mavericks have quite a few bad contracts on their team, um, you know, between JaVale uh Davis Bertans and I mean Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm kind of back and forth as to whether he 
you know, counts as a bad contract. I mean, I think one of the main benefits of his deal is that it's on a declining scale. So, I mean, he's got 19 million this year, I think around 18 next year. And then in the final year of his deal in 24, 25, it's around 16, uh, which I think is not a terrible number for someone who does what he does. Um, but I'm kind of curious to know um, or get a sense from you, like between JaVale McGee's deal and Tim Hardaway's deal, uh, maybe what the league values them at it, whether they're overpaid or bad deals or, or what have you. So you made a really good point on Tim Hardaway's deal. I think it might be pretty undervalued right now because it's declining. And I know he's not playing up to the value of it right now, but that's the type of trade. Like if you were to, if they were, he was to get sent to the Cavs and he starts to just play really well, that's one that could be like, ah, oh, yeah. damn. <laughs> uh, he just, you know, just needed some more time to recover, you know, to get back into shape from that foot injury or, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, um, that that's a, like, I think there's, you know, you might hear that that's a negative value contract. I would personally, I would say that's kind of neutral if, if another team's trade for him, it's declining. Um, I, I don't think that's such a, like, a, I don't think that's a deal that's going to kill you by any means. McGee, on the other hand, um, you know, I didn't quite understand it at the time. Um, it just—I it just seems like uh, you know, kid really liked having what McGee was doing for the Lakers, but I don't know. I who was there another team known to be like trying to Milwaukee bid for was McGee the other team. Much? Um, and I think that the Mavericks had to up their offer in order to prevent him from going there. To to where? Milwaukee. Mm. But they went with Ingles. Uh, I feel like... Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was hopeful that JaVale could... Because I thought JaVale played decently for the Suns last year, especially when DeAndre Ayton was out. Um, but yeah, yeah, it clearly hasn't worked out the way anyone hoped it would. Yeah, so... Yeah, that one is just... Uh... I think you just kind of hold, they just hold on to him and just hopefully when that big trade comes, he just, they can put him in uh, as part of the salary matching. Yeah. I I think that's all you can hope for with him. I think so too. I mean, one trade that I've uh, thought about is like JaVale McGee and Frank Nilakina for like Nerland's Noel, because I think the Mavs do need uh, some rim protection um, I'm not sure if that's feasible just because of McGee's contract still being pretty new. But um, if the Pistons do want that, then maybe that's one that works just purely for the salary. Yeah. I mean, that'd be great for the Mavs if they can uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's clear that I, I don't think Kidd really trusts JaVale right now, um, despite the fact that uh, I think he was probably the reason why they got him. Uh, but I think like the other night, um JaVale played like three minutes and he had an and one to start his like uh start the game and then like committed two turnovers and then just didn't see the floor for the rest of the game so that's kind of his season right now and and McGee's he had he's had a really nice second half of his career resurgence uh with the Warriors Lakers uh pretty much ever since he left the Mavs the first time around (laughs) yeah so you know but also now I think this is year 15 for him so yeah uh, whether it's just not a good uh, fit in Dallas or maybe just, you know, the time's finally creeping up on him. Still, you know, great, uh, really uh, great second, just great resurgence second in his second half of his career. Uh, 
yeah, you know, he managed to make a lot of money since. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta um, appreciate him, I think, for what he did in terms of changing his reputation as kind yeah. of like a, a knucklehead to being like a very valuable veteran on those uh, Warriors teams and the the Lakers team that won the championship as well. So, I mean, that's really like another reason why I didn't hate the signing was just because he kind of brought that you know experience and championship pedigree to the to the Mavs, but. Um, clearly, I think, unfortunately, he's just been so bad on the court that uh, it may not matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's really all I had to discuss with you um, on this podcast. I don't know if there's anything else that you think that uh, Mavs fans should be looking at uh, coming up with the trade deadline. Uh, I just, uh, I mean, we can, are there any particular names you had in mind that you think could be other realistic targets? You mentioned Noel, you know, we briefly touched on Boyan. Um, I'm, I, cause I am trying to pinpoint if what guy, uh, other than Cam Reddish, like those types, who else of that, uh, it can be a realistic option for the Mavs that doesn't require them giving up first. Yeah, I've tried to, I've thought about it. I just like, am kind of struggling and at this point i'm just like we'll see what they what they do because i mean like last year the christophs porzingis trade was kind of a surprise um that i at least didn't see coming so i do feel like whatever move they make this year however big it is will probably be with a player that we weren't exactly expecting um you know i'm curious to see if they could get in the conversation for like siakam for example like um, if he is available, um, and that's a guy that they feel like they would trade for in the summer anyways, do they think that maybe we'll just try and get the deal done now? Um, but that's probably the biggest name that I can conceive at this time. Um, you know. So in my I wrote uh, something on the Raptors this week, uh this past week, and I, I think it's kind of like a blueprint. That, okay, let's say the Raptors do decide to blow it up. Here's one way they could do it. And uh, I mentioned about with Siakam, if they get like a huge, you know, not quite Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell type haul, but something in the in the realm of like two to three first round picks, some good young players, uh, some good depth pieces. I, I think that's something the Raptors should probably seriously consider. And Dallas is a team that could, I think they're in a position to, to do that. What You know, it's just a matter of putting in the matching salary. So it could be a combination of Hardaway, Bertans, um, mcgee powell whoever but and then you know no maybe the raptors try to pull for all three uh tradable first round picks the mavs can offer because yeah. if siakam goes to the mavs like okay they're, they're for sure going to make the playoffs this year so they can get the 25 27 29 is that something you'd, you'd be comfortable with like you know siakam not quite a, not quite more than a top 20 guy at his best but definitely a guy that can raise their ceiling um but he's also 28 uh who knows how much longer he'll play at this particular level what do you think of that i don't love trading like all their picks like for the rest of the decade um because i like pascal siakam and i think like he's the type of player that would compliment luca well just because i think whoever the mavericks get needs to be a plus defender i feel like and he's he is that um, you know, playing next to Luca is not really like an easy task. And that's why I'm not sure you'll ever truly be able to get like a, you know, big time superstar to play next to Luca. Um, but Siakam is, I think, someone who could. But yeah, his age gives me a little bit of pause with, uh, you know, with unloading all the picks. But 
I could be talked into it just because he would definitely make this team better, at least for the next yeah. three to four years, I would think. Yeah, so... And but at the same time, like we're talking about Levine and Beal, I also feel like they're kind of in that tiers. Well, I mean, I think Siakam's yeah. been had uh, higher peaks, uh, especially for his playoff contributions than those guys. So, just another like even if Beal and Levine become available, it's probably this. You know, you're looking at doing the same type of trade. You got to trade like most of those picks. Um, especially because those contracts uh, they'd be given out Bertans Hardaway not necessarily positive uh value yeah, contracts so yeah. uh you know just uh, something to keep in mind hope maybe someone else like a top 15 top 10 guy becomes available in which case uh, I, i'm kind of curious as to if the mavs ever tried to get in the running for donovan mitchell like uh, my feeling is they probably were would have been willing to trade as everything they can for him but definitely like even if they did probably uh Put in top Cleveland. Yeah, or Cleveland's or offer was really good. Yeah. I mean, in addition even if they to wanted picks, to, yeah. there, there's just no way they could have topped it. Yeah, I mean, Lowry Markinen uh, is having an amazing season. And yeah, the Mavs didn't yeah. really have anyone of that level that um, they could trade to Utah. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts actually on, you know, with how like inflated the picks market has become in NBA trades um, and kind of like how things have gone like with the Gobert trade. Um, do you think that that's going to affect the market when it comes to trading picks? Will teams be more hesitant to just like empty their war chest uh, for a guy who may not necessarily be uh, that you know superstar level player? I don't. I don't know uh, if we we don't know yet if the star market is going to be changed because you got to also keep in mind that so there was like three big trades. It was Deontay trade and then the Mitchell and Gobert trade. Two of those trades were done by Danny Ainge, who's done this type of trade before to the Nets, really set them back for half a decade. Yeah. And it looks like the Wolves, you know, thankfully they have Anthony Edwards, who's out of playing out of his mind right now. And they have been out to this by if they were to trade Cat for multiple first and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. But right now it's not, it's still like, even though they've, they've stabilized things, it's still not looking good at all like clearly you'd rather have all this other stuff that the jazz now have so part of it is just this is how danny Ainge has always tried to do trade he's always trying to win the transaction to make get the most optimal package for whatever he's trading um so and, and now the jazz can't do that anymore they've traded you know they're too, they already traded the two stars unless they want to unless they could somehow do something like that with Lori. Uh, that'd be a, you know, uh, that'd be a decent, pretty, I, I, as a sell high move, that's something I'd also like look into, like, you know, he just became an all-star now. If they feel like this is his, is going to be his peak, then that's something it'd be worth considering. Uh, so I'm, yeah, to answer, I'm just not sure how the trademark is going to shake out. I just think part of it is, you know, just the age factor. Now that's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to be a factor. So we'll see. We'll see if the trade market corrects itself. And it only takes one trade. If like, like I talk about the Raptors, if I'm the Raptors right now, I would try to get that type of haul for Siakam right now, if possible. But let's say it's not available and they trade him for like, I don't know, two for something closer to like the Deontay Murray package. Uh, then, okay, the market starts to reset a bit. Um, yeah. I think that, I think though, right now with the, that would be a fair compensation for OG, like uh, it's like yeah. two firsts or or three firsts. 
uh, and or you know, like a two plus one good player or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, OG Ananobi is is a little bit younger than Siakam, so I think um, he has a chance to grow. I mean, he'd be a great a great fit with the Maps too, like uh, both basketball wise and timeline wise too. But again, I don't know if the Mavs have the ammunition to go and get him, but. Um, I think the Raptors situation is definitely worth watching um, for Mavs fans um, because that could potentially be like that deal that nobody expects coming. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. So, but what other names? Uh, maybe they could get in the mix for like Vanderbilt Malik Beasley. That seems to be like a very popular yeah. gettable package. Yeah. Malik um, Beasley has been a guy I've, I've wanted. I just don't know. Um, what teams are going to be offering him for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think like, you know, a wing, a 3D wing is probably someone that can, you know, that can create would be someone that the Mavs uh, should look at getting. But I do think that they need a rim protector badly because their defense has just kind of fallen off a cliff um, ever since Christian Wood became the starting five. Um, and that's probably not going to change. Well, and they need a uh, another playmaker ball yeah, handler yeah. too. That's been, I think, that was like the number one concern heading into the season because they were gonna yeah. just Luke and Dinwiddie staggering. Is, is, is someone else kind of like is Jaden Hardy kind of? He's been or, playing a little yeah. bit more recently, but um, not consistently enough. And I still think he has some uh, development that he needs to undergo. Like he's just a little bit too small right now. I think so. Sometimes like. He's good, definitely can play, uh, but sometimes he struggles against some of the bigger teams. So I think that's uh, kind of what's limiting his ability to contribute this year. But are they still completely staggering Luka and, and Dinwiddie right now? Uh, they're doing it a decent amount. I mean, both of them start, but uh, Dinwiddie checks out kind of, you know, a little midway or a little bit less than midway into the first quarter. Um and then Luca finishes the first quarter. Then Dinwiddie comes in at the beginning of the second quarter and runs gotcha. the second unit. So uh, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Um, but Dinwiddie's usually on the floor uh, at closing time, like you know when the Mavs are uh, in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of how their minutes distributions go. Yeah. So in the Mavs, they they like bigger point guards. I think both Dinwiddie. I think Dinwiddie's like six four, six five. Neil yeah, Pina. Uh, I mean, not too big, but he's got the defensive chops to, you know, for for it to be in kids rotation a little bit. Yeah, like a guy like Brogdon, that's he was. He's also like six five. He would have made a lot of sense for Dallas. I know. I think. And Jason uh, Kidd has some familiarity with him from Milwaukee. Maybe as well. may, maybe they can get like Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah, I think he's also pretty oh, big, yeah. like six five. That's yeah, like he's a, a big point guard. Yeah, and Lavert, yeah. uh, also, you know, he would then be also like a secondary uh, or tertiary playmaker creator. So I, I get that he can come off the bench and really uh, give a little more uh, relief to Luca and Dinwiddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, I think that Mavs do have two pretty clear needs, which is the playmaker, like you said, and a rim protector. So we'll see if they can go out and get at least one, or maybe even both. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Thanks, Yossi. Great talking to you as always. And I think, um, you know, I think it was good, fun to bounce some ideas off you here and get some more clarity on where the maps stand coming up on the trade deadline. Yeah. I think they're just going to wait and see. Um, yeah. And hopefully.
believe this summer though. I'm, that's when I'm kind of expecting some significant change. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, you can uh, you can follow Yossi's work um, at hoopshype.com. He's also on the Hoopshype podcast with Michael Scotto. Um, he's a salary cap expert, so if you ever have any salary cap questions, um, he's your go-to resource for that. Um, and yeah, we'll be keeping an eye out for what you write. Be sure to go check out his trade deadline guide. We'll link it uh, in the podcast description so you can go read it. And he's uh, he's a good follow uh, in trade season. So appreciate you as always, Yossi, and we'll hopefully see you soon. Thanks for having me on, Jay. All right. Take care.